Hello, and welcome to the 20th episode of Breaching Extinction. This week, I had the privilege of interviewing Gloria uh, Pancrazy, who's the co-director um, of Co-Extinction, um, a documentary that will be coming out later this fall about the Southern residents. She's also one of the main organizers for the marches that are happening, the March for the Dams. So she's going to talk a little bit about those things. And we highly urge you guys all to come out and march for the dams with us. Um, hope you enjoy this episode. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Um, yeah, so I definitely want to hear a little bit like about your film and about the march and everything like that. I tend to keep these conversations kind of open-ended because you never know where it's going to go. Um, but yeah, have you listened to the podcast before? I haven't had the chance to yet just mm-hmm. because I've Life got is total, crazy. Like, so much stuff to do. You're till- like literally trying to organize an entire march. So like it's, yeah, <laughs> totally get it. But I have heard about it. So you have, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, I feel, I think we, we have like less than a hundred people that listen to it, but still, you know, that's a hundred people. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. So do you want to give me like a brief introduction about who you are, your whole spiel? Yeah, for sure. So is it recording right now? Yes, it is. Okay, awesome. Sorry. No, you're good. Add that up. Um, <laughs> okay, so so I'm Gloria, and I'm co-directing, and also, sorry, is it loud with the roommates? No. Okay, good, because I can hear them, so I was in church. Like, you could. Okay, We're sorry. good. We're good. Getting in the zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I'm Gloria, and I am making a documentary on the southern resident killer whales. There's only 72 of these orcas left on the planet, and they are going extinct mostly because salmon is also going extinct, which is why we call the, the documentary Co-Extinction. Mm-hmm. And on the side of this, I've always wanted to also, you know, not just make a documentary, but really create an impact and always been drawn to conservation and activism and just going out there and making the changes happen. So we created a non-for-profit side of it where we run campaigns and, you know, go talk to schools and our big next movement, which is the 22 day walk to the dams Mm -hmm. to ask that the four lower snake river dams be breached. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you were most like, there's obviously there's a lot of things that are impacting the Southern residents, but you feel particularly called to the salmon sort of side of things. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, um, we're working actually today on, uh, on, you know, editing the documentary and, and, um, I used to think that whale watching was the main issue. I focused really on noise disturbance because I was working on straight watch and I, I knew so little about it that when you don't know and you arrive mm-hmm. and you hear the locals, you know, people, a lot of people are against whale watching there. Um, you just see the problems on the surface, mm-hmm. which is so many boats around the whales. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do your research and if you just like look at, yeah, again, like the problems on the surface, then I thought it was that. And then as soon as I did more research, everything was pointing towards the salmon. Mm-hmm. So it was this big shift, which is super interesting that just like now I'm, I'm an advocate for while watching. I actually think that it educates a lot of people. Um, but yeah. And so then we did really a big shift being like, okay, salmon is the main issue. Mm-hmm. And you know, we need to bring the salmon back if we want to see these orcas doing better. And we see that with the big killer whale doing good. And mm-hmm. they have the same number of boats around them. They have the same amount of pollution. I'm not saying that those aren't issues. Like, of course, noise disturbance, and especially with, you know, the Trans Mountain Pipeline potentially going through. 
and um, the amount of toxins, those are issues, but the immediate thing we need to do is bring back salmon. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. That's what I, you know, always tell people, and that's kind of been a theme that we've we've noticed is people within this group kind of get pitted against each other, and they take stakes in, like, one of the three main issues, and I'm like, no, like, we need people to focus on all the issues because we, as individuals, can't take on the whole thing. And I, like you, invested in the salmon because I also care about the salmon as well. Um, and I just think that that's interesting that the salmon are also endangered, but like that that nothing is being done to protect them. Yeah. So and it's definitely something I know that um, I've grown a big affinity for salmon, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm like madly in love with them. Whenever yeah. I, you know, like their resilience and their strength and how much they feed this entire coast is something I admire so much. And that's grown from loving the orcas. And I think it's, um, it's again, something we talk a lot about with our team of just, um, the orcas are almost this, uh, this species you get to, because everyone loves the orca, you get to talk about that species that no one really cares about and people eat it all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. not knowing if that the effect and just being like, Oh, it's just a salmon. Like who cares? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, it's this, amazing species that needs to be protected yeah absolutely i totally agree um so tell us how you decided to start the march for the dams and just tell everybody about like what the march for the dams is i was like trying to get your interview in sooner than later just because i want to encourage the people that listen to this to go if they can um so yeah just tell us a little bit about that yeah um and thank you for wanting to get it out there as soon as possible Mm -hmm. it came from morgan also known as little gypsy um and i's uh relationship and talks about so she led this the we are the orca movement in the summer of 2018 when we were filming where she brought six influencers from france and just europe in general to san juan island where they brought the issue back to their community and it was huge and we helped her with that movement we kind of like yeah, helped with whatever we could to be, a, and also were a part of it, which was awesome. Um, but then afterwards, we were always like, hey, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the next thing? Um, and we joked at first, we were like, maybe we can just, like, not eat for, until they breach the dams, because we knew that the next big action had to be around the dams, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, And from your podcast name, I know you <laughs> agree with this, like, mm-hmm. the main action that needs to happen is breaching the four lower Snake River dams. Um, and then we just kind of joked about it, it was like, oh, like, what about walking to the dams, like that would be pretty huge. Mm -hmm. And I think this was maybe like a year ago of just talking about it. And then I was like, Oh, I have to finish the documentary before, you know, it's, it's going to be too big. I want to be able to focus on documentary and finish it. And then we had a scare in October that, um, an orca, another orca was dead. And we were just like, we can't wait anymore. We're going to do it now. And then I, we just, launched it from there and it was like okay we're gonna walk and then looked at the, like how many days it would be at the map at all of that and then we just kind of went for it yeah. yeah that's awesome so do you have to get like any sort of special permits to like walk on certain roads or how does that work um so it's actually legal to walk on the on state highways you can't walk on interstate highways Mm -hmm. um even you can't even get a permit for that but we did get a permit from washington state department of transportation which is awesome so they're just letting us walk and um and there's some bits we're gonna have to drive because the shoulders are just a little bit narrow there are some turns so we're gonna have a big vehicle where we can put people in and drive those bits um so yeah it was it was pretty easy to get the permits you could just kind of call and that's another side that's cool about this is kind of anyone can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. like, of course it's a big undertaking and it's been crazy stressful and exciting and 
and terrifying, but, but anyone can decide to make a big movement happen, you know? Yeah, Um, that's crazy. I mean, what all goes into that? It's a lot of, so yeah, the organization kind of just putting all the pieces together, which there's still more stuff to do, but you know, like we decided to have it clear where we're going to be walking from day to day so people can join could have made it differently where we're just going to go with the flow, but I figured this way people can walk, can walk with us whenever it works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the permits getting like, we've called all the like sheriff departments and there were no, we're doing this. Um, what uh, a lot of outreach, making sure influencers and, you know, big figures, big wigs come to walk with us. So people, so the media notices mm-hmm. this even more and making sure also a lot of people hear about it. So they come walk with us. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and also a lot of people just, that's again, to come, to go back to the orcas being such a species that people care about, you know, we asked someone like the, this couple made the website for free for us. Nice. Um, this, this woman made a flyer for free for us. Like people just coming together and helping however they can. And it couldn't be happening without all of that. For sure. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like if we make enough noise and enough people get involved and continue to like outreach to people, eventually those dams have to go down i i genuinely do believe that they will with continued effort you know i think it's uh i think it's just silly that it hasn't happened now with how they're doing economically and how it makes more sense for them to be breached right like not just not just for the salmon not just for the orcas not just for the environmentalists but economically speaking it makes more sense yeah um and i thought that that was really interesting because you know honestly like the reality of things is that money has the highest influence over over lives over anything else and so when I was trying to figure out when I first was like figuring out what was going on with the whales and trying to wrap my head around this issue because it's huge and there's so many people involved it's highly complex like any species that's endangered but I think even more so just because of the cultural element but I was like okay well money talks so like what's the deal like why is like what's going on and then we looked into it and um, I actually interviewed Adam Demansky, who did one of the environmental valuations. And that's one of our most listened to episodes, like, which I think is interesting because, again, money talks and that's what politicians listen to. And it's like, OK, so if it like makes sense in all of these aspects, why haven't they gone down? You know? Yeah. And I asked, I don't know if you've talked to Jim Waddell before um, from Damn Sense, but he knows so much. He's He's been... Like I've called him so many times with questions about the dams, but I asked him, I was like, why, like, why has Bonneville Power Administration not come out in favor? Like, why have they not like, you know, pulled the plug on it if they're going to win money? And I was just like, it just doesn't make sense. And then he's like, well, it's, it's really like, they don't, they want to avoid it like a scandal. They don't want, like, they don't want to admit that this entire time they've been pretty much like lying, like, you know, like saying that everything is fine when it's not. And, and it's like that for so many big issues revolving around the Southern resident killer whales. Again, like I'm here in Tofina right now, editing the documentary with Elena and, and we're realizing it's the same with Trans Mountain Pipeline. It doesn't make sense economically. So why they're doing this is just governments being messed up. And then the ones who suffers are the environment and us and every species. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, You know, and I think that this is where we need to kind of have a cultural shift and maybe show mercy for our politicians, because I, you know, I think most of the time in in the beginning, they have the best of intentions and then things go awry. But also, like all humans 
make mistakes and I am definitely willing to forgive people who are willing to admit that they made mistakes and willing to try to correct that. And I think, you know, if we had more of a cultural shift of like, hey, like, let's fix this. Let's have compassion for the situation as opposed to, hey, we're angry that mm-hmm. you messed up. I think we could be more successful. Um, but I mean, it's understandable why people are angry as well, you know, and I get, you know, wanting to cover things up because it doesn't look good or you you lied for so long, but you just have to you have to own up to what you did, you know? Yeah, I think uh, it's it, you're so right. And I think uh, I'm very inspired by, you know, activists and conservationists that work with um, the enemy, quote, quoting because you know mm-hmm. I agree with you like we're not going to get anywhere with hate we're not going to get anywhere a little bit of anger is probably necessary sometimes but definitely yeah you don't get anywhere with hate and for example like Madison Stewart and what she's doing with sharks like that's I always think like how can we do that right and and I know there are I'm pretty sure that um Jim Waddell is actually working and I may be wrong I'm not going to say it I mean mm-hmm. um for our viewers that don't know, can you give a little bit of background on Madison's work? Yeah, so Madison Stewart is, uh, is wait, so, sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, Madison Stewart is, basically, she's taking people out on fishermen's boats. So, so instead of, she's taking literally fishermen out of the water and using their boats for tourism. Mm-hmm. So she's literally working with fishermen instead of against them, and instead of, you know, hating on them and, saying that they're enemy that they are the enemy they're working with them and giving them a better safer income which is um really amazing and you know she's taking so many boats out of the water that would be fishing sharks if not for her yeah um i totally agree with that like that whole thing i love that attitude um when i was in college i was fortunate enough to be able to go on a spring break service trip and we went down to costa rica and we were doing some work with leatherback sea turtles and so essentially Um, The poaching in the area is really bad. The leatherbacks are endangered. So what we would do is harvest the eggs and then move them down the beach to um, like an area where the poachers couldn't see them. Because when, you know, a leatherback, which is like a 2000 pound animal, comes up onto the beach and then goes back down, you can clearly see the tracks. It looks like a literal tractor. Um, But our guide was previously a sea turtle poacher and he was excellent at his job because he knew their behavior and it's not that he ever wanted to to be poaching sea turtles but like he had to feed his family like it was out of necessity exactly that's the story of so many poachers or so many people in those positions so like you know you never know maybe why someone made the decisions that they made like you know who knows we don't know i don't know that anyone's ever asked somebody that's part of bonneville power association if if they had some kind of life extenuating circumstance that made them make that choice, you know, morals are tricky and ethics are hard. Um, but you know, learn from our mistakes and keep going, you know? Yeah. And I definitely feel for, I know a lot of jobs will be created by the dams being breached and Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, economy will boom from it, but I still feel of course, for the people who right now are employed by the, you know, either the U S army Corps of engineers and are working on those four dams and who, you know, will be put out of work and will need to find another work. And that will come to like, will bring a lot of stress in their lives and for their families. And I'd like to find a way to work with them afterwards to be able to find like another job or something like that. But, um, but I guess we are in a place in our history where there's a shift happening and we all need to be unfortunately doing some sacrifices. I agree. Yeah. We, I mean, we have to make sacrifices. I feel like, I mean, if you think about it, 
over the course of human history, I feel like humans have been trying to evolve to get out of the struggle, to get out of this sacrifice. So we always have been. Um, it's not been out of choice. Now we have to make the choice. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely think that we can make it right for those people, either through tax cuts or like you you could find out, be like, okay, like I know that this is your livelihood. This is your dream. Like, can we help you like find a job somewhere else in the same field? Or like, you, you, what did you want to do like you know, your whole life? What was it? Let's you know find a way to make it happen sort of thing. I think we can make it right. But yeah, we ultimately, we all have to make sacrifices at the end of the day. No one, no one is going to get out of this situation getting everything that they want. So we just got to compromise. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. And if we don't, if we don't do these big changes that need to happen, you know, then we're going to lose not just the orcas, not just the orcas, an entire ecosystem. And, you know, we are animals. We are part of the ecosystem. Um, We can't just continue to destroy the planet and see species die and think that we're not part of that. Oh, yeah. So many people think they're exempt. And I think that they just they just don't know because they've gotten so disconnected from nature. It's like really ingrained in our culture to 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 kind of live a, a very materialistic lifestyle like live in your house and then you know go shopping and do this and that and I'm from Ohio and that's like you know people don't do anything to be honest they like go to the mall they go home and they watch tv and they go to work and then or they go to school and those are like their activities and like you know I think when when people do that, they forget that nature is real, that nature is powerful, way more powerful than any of us. Um, and it will reclaim itself if it needs to. And we keep pushing that boundary. And there's a reason that like Australia was just on fire and that we have like all of these really chaotic things that go on. Um, and I think that's, you know, our planet telling us to listen, but people still aren't listening because they're not affected. And until it affects them personally, things aren't going to change. I mean, I think we definitely are seeing a generational shift of people caring more so about others as opposed to like, you know, maybe our parents' generation, not to say that they don't, but like it's, I think it's definitely different and that's, that's helpful, but we just need to keep pushing. Yeah, there's definitely, I agree with a shift happening for sure. And you, I I don't know, we've been seeing it with like, yeah, just in general. Mm -hmm. So... There are skeptics of marches like, you know, my family is very conservative and Republican. Anytime I say anything that's remotely not like that, they're like, oh, that's never going to work. Why are all these women marching at women's marches, this or that or whatever? Um, What do you have to say to people who are skeptical of marches? So I say something my dad told me because I called him earlier last week, freaking out, just Mm -hmm. being like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like he thought I meant like, you're going to stop the march. I was like, no, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, I just, I just feel like I can't do this. And he's always always has great advice. He's like, if you always listen to the people who, you know, are criticizing or telling you like that it's not going to work, then you're not going to do anything. So just as a first line, that's definitely, I'm like keeping close to me. There has been a lot of criticism, you know, and, um, and there has been people that, that aren't sure if it's going to work or or whatever. And I'm just like, you just got to do what you think is going to work. Um, why I do think that this 22 day journey walk, you know, is, is going to be so powerful. And why I think that it, it can get the, it will get the dams breached is because I think there's been, there's two aspects. The first one is there's been a lot of pressure building up. I've, I'm still like, it's only been two to three years that I'm really involved in this like community and in these issues. So it may have been building up from longer than that, but from my opinion, it's been starting since J35 carried her calf Mm -hmm. and really the, 
the whole world started watching her. And then, you know, there was the Orca Task Force. Mm-hmm. Um, we held an international protest with PNW protectors where people all around the world call Governor mm-hmm. James Lee's office. Like, there's been pressure building up, and I think all governing bodies are feeling it, and they know that, you know, they need to do something. And the other side of it is the continuity of a 22-day walk has the potential of getting a lot of media attention, has the potential of getting international media attention. So finally, people are like, the orcas have gotten media attention, right? Like, CN has covered it, all of that, but they haven't covered the main issue, which is, well, it's not the main issue, but the biggest thing we can do now, which is breach the four lower snake river dam. So then people, like, look about and they're like, oh, there's all these things we need to do. We don't know what. This march can get everyone's attention on the dams. And then, you know, everyone calling in, sending in their comments, or, you know, we're finalizing it on the 22nd at the Ice Harbor Dam, and that can be so powerful that finally they're like, okay, there's too much pressure, we're going to agree. So that's my goal, and I hope it's not too um, idealistic. I mean, you have to start somewhere, and I think that you have to have hope. I totally agree with you that you can't listen to the critics because, you know, when you're surrounded by people who are hopeful or who think that there's a chance you're going to fight harder. And I think what you're doing is really awesome because, you know, it gives people that outlet to do that. But there are so many people that want to do something. They don't know where to start. And, like, you know, participating in this walk is something that they can do. And I think also the fact that it's such a long walk, like, that there's like there's times and dates and places. So that, you know, creates flexibility for even more people to get involved. Um, But I definitely hope that we get the media attention and, you know, even if it doesn't end up, you know, going the way that you want it to, I think, if anything, it plants a seed, you know, and it inspires somebody else to work hard and and go try to save these whales, you know, because you never know who you're going to impact and there's so much power in a conversation and a march like this starts a conversation, you know. I was talking to my roommate, um about you know killer whales and she you know she was like I've always heard save the whales but I never really understood what that meant or like what we needed to do to save them and I've always loved animals and like wanted to do something but like these issues are really hard to tackle and they're complex and you know I don't know where to start and so she was saying you know that like documentaries and um marches and and podcasts and things like that's a good outlet for her so you know, hopefully other people will feel the same way and then it will, you know, give other people like whatever they need. It'll plant a seed so that other people start to figure out like, hey, this is what's going on. Because so many people just don't know, you know, Mm. even local people don't know. Um, I lived on Orcas Island and I was like telling somebody about this podcast that was a local and I was like, yeah, this it's about the Southern residents. And he's like, who are the Southern residents? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought everyone knew. So, yeah, no, this is really good. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Lo- some locals not knowing, like, not just on Orcas Island, but, like, Vancouver and all of that. Sometimes I'll talk about it and they'll be like, I mean, just the orcas. I'm like, no, there's this population of orcas that's going to extinction. It's our fault. And if you live here, I feel like it's your responsibility to know about it and, you know, change your daily habits to yes. be able to, Like, it's our responsibility. I forget. I think it was, I forget who told me this, but it was like, if you're going to move to the Salish Sea, it's your responsibility to take care of it. And I found that so beautiful because so many people are moving here because it's so beautiful. And I think they forget that, like, you know, you're supposed to be a steward for this place if you're here. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I mean, you have to take your own initiative. I 
I also kind of see the other side of the coin of like, you know, environmental education I find is so inaccessible. You know, you have to have a certain amount of financial status to be a part of it. And often I see that it's strictly pretty much white people in every aspect of, you know, of environmentalism, which we need to fix that. I don't know how. And like, I'm white. I'm so white, like blonde hair, blue eyed. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, and so... I like you know it is your responsibility but at the same time like I think we should hold space for like hey not everybody has the same access to things definitely and even like the same you know like cap cap uh, I'm French capacity to to do things like that right like you may not have the enough money you may not have like all of that right so Mm -hmm. um yeah no I definitely agree with that and I definitely think that education needs to be um bigger and we need a system change really so it's accessible to more people absolutely yeah um and with like an environment like that it's it's so crucial too I one of my old roommates on Orcas Island she grew up there and she was telling me that like she never learned about the whales like she went to like a salmon hatchery as a kid she said she remembers that but she never learned about the whales and like that's just astonished to astonishing to me that like literally living in the San Juan Islands like the public schools and you don't know about the whales like it's not her fault it's the system's fault but like we need to change that you know Mm -hmm. and I think potentially historically the environment hasn't necessarily been a concern because I think humans like I said earlier are trying to out engineer their way out of the struggle and out of you know trying to survive getting to a point where they're just like comfortable um and so i think maybe still being in that survival mode they couldn't think about the environment but yet people forget we need the environment to survive so all comes back around (laughs) exactly yeah it's hi so much to do (laughs) yes um so can you tell people like the dates and where they can find more information about the march if they want to participate things like that like just like logistical things so that if people are listening they know like where to go and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it begins march 1st in portland um and then we are walking east along the columbia river and ending um at the ice harbor dam visitor center on march 22nd all the locations start points and endpoints are on march for the dams.com all spelled out but we'll also we also have more day-to-day updates on our facebook event so you know if uh, sometimes i'm sure maybe there'll be like the start point will be just a little bit shifted from like a couple mm-hmm. miles you know or something like that that's where all that is there's also a list of things to know things to bring um so yeah that's definitely where i would lead people the facebook event and the website and uh and then of course on instagram on both um you know co-extinctions pandemic protectors and little gypsy um will be all like updating daily and all of that so you can learn more about it or if you have any questions um so yeah those are kind of the things and then we're walking anytime from two hours a day to sometimes longer there's some places where there are motels some places where there's only camping so I would say definitely look at it if you're super game and just gung-ho like me and you just want to come for, you know, a big day because you love walking a lot. Do that. If you feel like that may be too hard for you, definitely come for one of the shorter days. Um, And finally, just uh, food and lodging is on people just because it gets a little tricky if, you know, it's on us to organize that. So bring your own food like reserve and book your own lodging um for food i recommend dry food just because you know it's easy you just add hot water and then mm. like cliff bars for the day things like that 
bring visible jackets because we are walking again on the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like reflective vests, we're going to have a couple extra ones, but do that. Also bring extra layers of warmth because it does get cold. So, you know, we're trying to get Patagonia to give us some, or Patagonia is looking to give us some extra jackets and sweaters so people nice. can be warm in case they forget. But yeah, kind of all of that. And if you have any questions, message us. We're happy to answer. I know it's a bit undertaking, so feel yeah. free to message us if you have any questions. Awesome. Yeah. Do you guys expect to have like a fairly big turnout based on like what you've seen online and whatnot? Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say like we ha- I don't have any numbers, but but definitely a big turnout. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely have been trying to like spread the word as well because I think it's important. I live in Monterey, California. Um, and I'm, I was planning to fly up for, to March from like the second to the fifth, but my dog, um, literally almost died and had to have surgery. So I'm going to see how she was recovering. And then, so I might be there. I might not be, but no problem if you can't be there. I totally understand having to be there for your dog and like, yeah, she was going to come March too. Like I was going to, like, she has a little killer whale costume and, um, she was going to come March as well, but she's got to recover. So she's there in spirit, you know, Um, and you'll be there in spirit too, in case you can't come. And I hope she gets better. Yes. Thank you. But yeah, I'm really, I'm glad to see that you guys are organizing this. You know, I think if we continue to put pressure there and like, you know, just continue to push these waves of change that we can eventually get there. It's it's super important. We have to talk about these things, you know. We have to get it out there and, and get everybody to understand. Um, yeah. Are there any, like, messages or things that you want people to know or things that you think are important about killer whales, life, anything like that? I think just that we're all interconnected from, you know, it's not just the orcas we're losing. It's not just the salmon. It's it's all life on earth and we're part of that. And we're also an interconnected in the way of every action you do has a ripple effect. And that comes from, you know, trying to change in your daily habits or educating people to something like the walk and then like coming to that because that will have an impact. And um, yeah, be curious, be connected. And we definitely need to protect this planet and not just the orcas not the salmon but all of it because i don't want to think we'll look like if we don't do that so yes no i agree just like don't give up and even if it looks grim just keep going um Mm -hmm. i did think of one question um is there anything like on this journey of you making your documentary or your or organizing this march that you've learned that you find significant oh i've learned so much during this Mm -hmm. um like, are you thinking more about the orcas or in my life? Like, Both. you know, like life journey doing it. Both. <laughs> um, I've definitely learned so much more about the orcas. I mm-hmm. thought I knew so much about them. Like when I went to straight watch to monitor them and now how much I know about them since then, it's, it's amazing how much more I've learned about them from, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even know they were a matriarchal society. I knew when I started the co-extinction, but, but before then I didn't even know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I'm starting to learn their matrilines by heart and how to like ID them and all of that. And it's been amazing getting to, you know, I've always loved orcas ever since I was a kid and getting to learn more about them and, and feel my connection strengthen has been really, really amazing. And then in my personal life, it's been, it's been, I'm very grateful that, it's given me like my life purpose. Like I know what it is now and like, you know, I'm it's protecting them and protecting salmon. And I'm grateful to to have that, to have that like compass and 
also to know like not give up is like a big thing like keep going at it you know like Mm -hmm. you're gonna have failures you're gonna fall it's gonna be hard but just like keep going and surround yourself with people that are there to help you and to do it with you because it's that big saying of like you can do it alone and go really fast or you can do it together and do it really big and impactful and that's what co-extinction and this march has been it's like the collective of everyone you know coming together and how big of an impact we can have together yeah i totally agree like this is this issue is not there's not one person on this planet that can solve it by themselves like we have to we all have to hit it from different angles because you know like your documentary that it's gonna like you know appeal to certain people and like a podcast appeals to other people and um you know the march appeals to like even more people and some people want all of it and some people just want some of it but like you know we can't get anywhere unless we all work together um and so i totally agree with you and like you know i kind of had a similar experience with the orcas um I tried to study African carnivores for a bit, and that is not my path. And the universe just kept kicking me back onto my path until I came back to the orcas. So it's, you know, orca people, it's just like in your blood, it's in your DNA. I don't know what makes up an orca person, but it, they're just our orca people. Um, yeah, it's one yeah, big pod, is what we've been calling it. Exactly, yes, one big pod. Is there anything that you've learned or that you really like about the Southern residents that you care to share with people? Um, I think there's one thing. I think I like everything about them. (laughs) I love that they eat salmon. I love that, you know, so little people know that there's this species of orcas that just eats fish. Mm -hmm. Like how, you know, and, and I still, I love bigs and transients. Like Mm -hmm. we call them both. Like I love them. And it's just, it's just so like, it's so awesome that they eat fish. I love that you know, they're a bit smaller. I love definitely their family bonds though, and how empathetic they are and how, you know, intelligent they are, like almost telepathic from, you know, a lot of people have said that they're telepathic. Like they know what you're thinking and they'll like react to it. Like they're, they're just this mystical, amazing creature. And that's not just the residents, but yeah, I don't know what it is about them. Yeah, there some yeah, there's certainly an energy about orcas specifically. I mean, all whales are fascinating and, you know, clearly conscious beings and they seem to even demonstrate more empathy than some humans, you know. Like, yeah. you know, with humpbacks, they're willing to literally sacrifice their own lives um for whales that they don't know, whales that are not the same as them and you know, I think and people have said this before, you know, these whales are just a better version of ourselves. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh my God. Like Ken Balcom said this in a, in an interview for coextinction, he was saying, um, these, these orcas have figured out how to live, you know, peacefully and we haven't. Yeah. He's right. That's the thing that's so crazy to me is it's like for a species that we claim to be so evolved, you know, we really are not, You you know, ultimately I think evolution comes down to like, partially like i mean it comes down to survival but we still like we've got all the resources that we need yet we're still we're still acting very primal you know like we are primates through and through but like people just we need to like learn from these whales like and the whales they don't even have enough to survive yet they can live peacefully and you know they they feed cooperatively and they like it's just it's amazing we need to look to them and it's like you know people always look down on animals and they're like you know 
whatever, but it's like we have so much to learn from them and so many people miss out because they're busy thinking that they're better than animals. Yeah, definitely. We have so much. I know I have so much to learn from them still and I don't think I'll ever stop learning from them. Oh, I totally agree. It's like it's the tip of the iceberg and, you know, um, so many people like, you know, the stuttering, studying killer whales, like it's a pretty saturated field. You know, there's a lot of people that want to study them, but there's so much we don't know. And, you know, I, I work on whale watch boats down here because I feel very passionately about connecting people to the environment. But also I feel passionately about like working with and on the sides of um, potentially what people see as a duality, you know, um, but where was I even going with this? Um, but it's it's just really important that we, you know, connect people to the wildlife. I really just lost my train of thought. I had a thought. <laughs> it just flew away. Um, it's to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah, we just need to, we need to learn from the whales and connect people to the animals because there's so much to learn. Oh, that's what I was saying. When I'm on my whale watch boats, I always tell people, I'm like, studying whales has only been around since the 1960s. Like, you know, we because when yeah. people are always like, how long do whales live? The answer I always give is like, well, it is estimated that they live however long, whatever species is that they ask about. Um, however, we've only been studying whales since the 60s, so there's only so much we can know. And also, most studies are done surface-based, you know? And how much can we know based on that? And technology is continuing to increase and and you know amplify so we're only going to continue to learn more like we just need to keep studying them and you know not only can we learn biological things but we can learn things like you know from our lives and that like that's what the salish people did back before like colonizers came in like you know they had a cooperative relationship with the orcas and you know our ancestors came in and ruined it and like we just need to get back to it you know because we should have a cooperative relationship with nature Yeah, we need to learn to coexist. Yes, it's so sad to me that so many people don't have a relationship with nature or an interest or a fear. Like, it's crazy to fear, like, the thing that takes care of you, to fear the thing that you should be the most connected with. Like, that's so sad. But Yeah, definitely. uh, But we're getting there. We're going to save the whales. Um, I don't think I have any other questions. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, it was just amazing to talk with you. This was like an awesome conversation. I feel like it could keep going for ages. It literally could, Um, yes. Sorry? It literally could, yes. Yes, but it's been amazing and just uh, hope to to see you out there in March. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If you guys need help with anything, let me know. I'm happy to continue. I don't have as much of like a social media following as you guys do, but like I'm going to obviously put this out to my people. I think it's important. That's why we're doing this interview. Um, But yeah, hopefully I'll see you then. And thanks for chatting. Yeah, thank you so much for helping us raise awareness about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely going to see you in Monterey. Yes, for sure.